I'm sorry about that. A technical difficulty. I accidentally let my battery uh, almost die because and with my computer, if you don't keep the battery all the way in, the episode can be canceled. So I had to quickly convert the episode back to what it originally was so I can go ahead and upload and publish it to you all. So I'm back. Last thing I said was that um, newbie Daddy Black seems to be a decent, awesome person. I love that people can be vibrant about their true identities, beautifully honest, um, and beautifully secure of themselves. That's the last thing I said. Okay, I'm glad I have an excellent memory because um, Jisley is the same type of person. Just like Daddy, I think they're just uniquely enriching as human beings. Here we go. I, I'm not going to lie, I have pleasured myself to Misty Stone. I'm not going to lie on that because, hey, she's somebody I've always liked to watch. She's genuinely enjoying what she does, and I don't hear any horror stories from her or Diamond Jackson, so I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. Okay. Twenty questions with porn superstar Misty Stone, March twenty second, two thousand seventeen, Holly Kingstown. Misty is the most porn superstar. Misty Stone stars in girlfriend films, Women Seeking Women, one hundred thirty six, where she does two super lesbian scenes with blondes Lyra Law and Mary McRae. Stone is one of the best actresses in porn, which are working Wicked Pictures' Magic Mike. Triple XL, a hardcore parody, and Men in Black, a hardcore parody, receiving the most critical acclaim. The lesbian scenes are some of the best ever out there, and seeing her working her magic for girlfriend films is a total treat. She's the only black porn star with her own line of flashlights, with, with her own line of flashlights, is an absolute treasure in every sense. What kind of girl were you back in high school? Who did you hang out with slash date? I would call myself a bully of the bullies. I was a bit of a tomboy back in my high school days. I hung out with the popular kids, made it to the popular table. I also was vice president of my school government and on a leadership team. I did it to start a football players and basketball players. Were you a porn fan before you got into the industry? Who are your favorite porn stars slash favorite porn movies? I was not a porn fan before I got into the industry. My favorite porn star I remember seeing on television and sneaking watch was Devlin Weed. He used to shoot a lot for West Coast Productions. How did you become a porn performer? What led you down that career path? I became a porn performer after a few years of exotic dancing. Meeting a porn agent who promised to help make me fast money is how I started doing this career path. What slash who do you want to date on? I'm sorry. What slash who do you want to do on camera that you haven't done yet? One thing I want to do on camera that I haven't done yet is have a Mexican gangbang, have all the Latin men dressed in SWAT outfits, not being a cat suit with a money bag like I just robbed a bank or jewelry store or whatever. Who's your favorite male performer slash female performer to work with and why? My favorite male performer is Prince Yashua. I enjoy his, I enjoy his energy on set the most. He gives you a real performance. It's always a great day on set working with a professional. He gives me an A1 performance every time I work with him. Let's just say if I see his name on the talent sheet, 
I know it will be an easy day. Oh, and he has this really cool sex position he calls the 360 that I fucking love. Cream of the crop that man is. My favorite female performer is Sin Sage. This woman is the best at woman-on-woman -woman films. Working with her makes my body feel like a calm water that just flows. You can tell she enjoys what she does. Nothing is fake. It is always organic with her. Not only that, her body is amazing to me. One of my first organic woman-on-woman -woman scenes, and I will never forget it. You seem to really love your fans and respond to them a lot on Twitter. Tell me how having this fan base has changed your life. Having social media, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat is what has changed my life with my fan base. It is a huge platform to use your voice. With these platforms, you can reach out to so many people. I can promote, market, or just talk to fans about what I had for breakfast today. This changed my life, being able to respond to them and communicate they love you even more if they feel a personal connection. And who wouldn't want to be a favorite of mine? What do you love most about doing what they call girl on girl scenes? You're not saying woman on woman. What I love, I'm sorry, sneeze, genuinely sneezing. You know, keeping the allergies at bay, but I'm good, I'm good. And I, I'm, I'm, my health is fine, I'm fine. What do you love most about doing girl on girl scenes? Even when I call, I prefer to call them woman on woman scenes because the word is all industry. What I love most about doing woman-on-woman scenes is the intimacy, that touching, the slow moments, the easing of the sex, foreplay is my favorite. I enjoy the soft hands of a woman on my body. What do you enjoy most about working for girlfriends' films? I enjoy the energy on set the most when I'm working with girlfriends' films. I always feel so comfortable like I can be myself. Not only is Sean that I enjoy licking nice, clean pussy, but they, do at, but they do a very good job at showing me doing just that. What fetishes do you have that you think that your fans would be surprised by. A fetish I have that I think my fans would be surprised by is my gangbang fetishes, as I only have one of it available online to view, but I like watching it. Your acting has always been some of the best out there in porn. What part of playing a role makes a scene harder for you? Playing a role will always make the scene harder for me because I get to think creatively. I get to be someone else for a moment, do whatever that character would be. This is how. You make the scene better. If you believe it, so will your viewers, baby. What do you think that people get wrong the most in how they make love to a woman? The one thing I think people get wrong the most when making love to a woman is just remembering that she is just that, a woman. Women want to feel beautiful and be touched with gentleness. Lick her pussy. Caress her clit. Don't suck on it. Just put don't in capital letters. What are your must-own DVDs that you think your fans should see? My must-own DVD right now is my opinion, in my opinion, is my newest release with Girlfriends Films, Women Seeking Women, Volume 136. The chemistry I have with my co-stars is phenomenal. In my song. Well, who are your role models in porn and how, slash, why do they inspire you? My role models in porn are Diana Devo, Vita Valentine, and Heather Hunter. Diana Devo was my teacher, almost like my mother of porn. She was the one who took her time to show me the basics of porn. She taught me how to care. She taught me how to take care of my body, how to act accordingly on set, and most importantly, how to pose fabulously for a box cover. Vita Valentine was my mentor. She always inspired me 
to do my best and be the best. She helped open doors for me to be noticed and for that I'm forever grateful. I look up to Heather Hunter the most in a way I aspire to be like her. She was truly one of the greatest. Heather was the only African-American adult star to get a contract with a huge company, Vivid, and achieve superstar status, yet that is not the only reason why I look up to her. Her soul is so pure. She's a beautiful human being inside, always willing to give her help or assistance to someone in need. Just a humble person, no matter her achievement. She is not one to make you feel inferior. She makes you feel welcome and comfortable. I am proud to say I know her and that she's a very good friend of mine. And Heather, I aspire to be just like you. You're my role model. What about your career in porn makes you the happiest? The attention I get from the media and the fans is what makes me the happiest in my porn career. I am truly an attention whore. What is the best mainstream movie you have seen recently? I can't think of one. How about the best porno movies? There's someone whose movies you like to watch who is working now. The best porno movie I've seen recently was with my favorite male performer, Prince Yashua, and a good friend of mine, London Keys and Slang Asians, amazing hardcore scene. I like watching stuff like that. It turns me on. Are you into toys to get yourself off alone or are you a low-tech woman? I'm not into toys to get myself off when I'm all alone. I'm more of a cave woman type of girl. That's what she said about herself. All I need is my fingers, baby. If you could fuck any celebrity, who would it be? If I could fuck a celebrity, it would be Matthew McConaughey. He's still on my bucket list. What is coming up for you? A movie I just finished, directed by Brad Armstrong, is out now. I did a phenomenal job acting. I really am excited to see it. Wicked Pictures, Ethnic City. So I'm, opti so I'm optimistic about getting an AVN Award next year in 2018. Is there anything you want to say to your fans here at Fleshbot? Fleshbot, B-E-O-T. I just want to say to my fans at Fleshbot that I appreciate all the support and keep watching my dirty movies so I can keep making them, baby. Um, all I can say is I saw her interview on DJ Vlad. Um, I just love her raw truthfulness and her unashamedness of being her authentic embodiment of her soul. And I'm not gonna lie, I have seen uh, Prince Yashua porn performing with women. And because of everything I saw, and I never heard anything crazy about him or the women he was performing with, um, I always thought that what I saw was decent. Um, I, I haven't seen Sensation yet. When Naomi Banks was in porn before she retired, I did watch her and pledge myself to her. When I watched Prince Yashua fuck women in porn, I, I pledged myself to that because it was everything was decent. I didn't sense anything to be dehumanizing. Uh, now, Naomi Banks, um, I didn't know some of the things she experienced. I didn't know the racism back then. Um, 
she had a lot of fun in that world, but also a lot of pain. So did I pledge myself to now against her with other women, her with men? I did. Um, I'm I'm heartbroken by what happened to her in terms of racism and being mistreated in porn. Um, as for like the mother, like the incest type of porn, I don't understand the glamorization of incest porn. I don't understand the glamorization of incest. I think incest is filthy, nasty, disgusting, and trifling. I think bestiality is filthy, nasty, disgusting, and trifling. I think necrophilia is filthy, nasty, disgusting, and trifling. So the fact that you have some people who make incest porn and bestiality porn and necrophilia porn, I don't want to watch any of those things. I am turned off by those things. I'm grossed out by those things. Because I think that it's one thing sees a parental name we would apart, but to say, hey. A mother and a daughter, I'm like, okay, that's taking it too far. One is, okay, that's understandable. But the other is, um, we don't want to glamorize it. There's dirty talk, then there's glamorization of incest. I mean, no. Um, so those are some of the points I'm not into. Um, I think about how I think mainstream porn should be reformed, like I keep saying. I think there's some things. And for the slang agents thing, um, the title's concerning because I don't want people to be, um, I don't want racism to happen to anybody. That's the concerning thing. And when it says the Mexican gangbang Latin men, we do have our preferences. I just don't want people to assume that, to take what she said out of context, would be worthy of the validation of sexual racism. Sexual racism should always be validated. So I'm saying that because you do have ignorant, foolish people out here in the world. And when she caught herself for attention whore, she wasn't demeaning herself. She's just saying she likes being the center of attention. That was her colorful way of being open about that. And uh, I've seen Devlin Weed uh, performances and um, what I thought of it was he um, 
he came across to me as someone who really was energetic about what he was doing. I never got the feeling he was trying to dehumanize anybody or the women he was with. I don't get the feeling they're trying to dehumanize anybody either. I think they're very big on living up to people's fantasies. Um, so I'll, I've always been the type of person that when I did watch mainstream porn, I never watched the kind of porn that was um, that was dehumanizing at all. I would always do my research or what I did know at the time. A lot of stuff I didn't know at the time in terms of what I know now. Um, but I never seen any mainstream porn that was awful. Uh, everything I saw was fully consensual because I did enough research to understand that. And I read bios on porn stars back in the day. And I never watched anybody that was a piece of shit. So I, I, I've only watched healthy mainstream porn throughout my life when I was younger because that's the only porn I knew at the time. I didn't know there was ethical feminist porn. Um, so yes, I'm concerned about mainstream porn, but I don't want it abolished when it was born because I think pe people have what it takes to make it better. And so that's why I say what I'm saying. Um, I'm not against the mainstream porn industry. I'm not against anyone in the mainstream porn industry in terms of people who are actually trying to make it better. What I'm against is the crookedness that I'm seeing in mainstream porn. I think mainstream porn should stay, should always have a place, and all the positions in that world should stay. However, I think that if we could get rid of the human rights abuses, the crookedness, the, the shadiness, the shysty behavior, if we could get rid of all those things, that would truly make mainstream porn safe and inclusive and welcoming and affirming and open and belonging for everybody all the people in that world and all the viewers of that world, everybody involved. So I just wanted to be honest about that because I don't lie. Um, I've seen Heather Hunter before. I've never seen, I may have seen Diana DuBois or Vita Valentine. I just don't remember. I may have, I just don't remember. Um, and that's how I feel. 
That's exactly how I'm feeling. Make sure my computer keeps charging. It is good. Good. Okay. You won't go out on me anymore. This is awesome. Being honest is really good. It's really healthy. Uh, keep on, Antonio. Okay. Diamond Jackson again. Let's look at her biography again. So she's at Diamond, her Twitter handle, Chatterbait, Diamond Jackson Sings, Brasses, Diamond Jackson Sex Sings. So you have, again, Twitter at Diamond, Chatterbait, Diamond Jackson Sings, Brasses, Diamond Jackson Sex. Okay. So her name is Diamond Jackson, date of birth, July 6th. Um, Star sign cancer measurement is 34 triple D slash F2434 height 571 1.70 meters hair color brunette slash black eye color brown piercings navel shoe size women's seven US years active 2017 present number seems 80 plus Diamond Jackson's a fabulous adult film star can girl cover model has been performing in porn since 2007. Best known for a captivating Brasses Network and Audi American Web collaborations. Diamond Jackson is a massively devoted global fan base who was named Adult Star of the Year at the 2015 ALT.awards. So, where did it all begin? Famous for a fabulous figure, Diamond Jackson has always been a fitness fanatic who graduated from Denver University with a degree in sports medicine technology. As Diamond Jackson went in her October 2010 Ringside Report interview, I enjoyed fitness and keeping my body in shape. I liked sports and gymnastics, and during high school, I was into cheerleading. So with that background, I was always interested in it. Diamond Jackson remains incredibly active, as mentioned in her February 2014 Bear List interview, that you just have to take care of what you have been blessed with and always be thankful. I do it all from cardio, weights, kickboxing, to yoga, Pilates, and more. My members of my site can watch me work out new as a part of their monthly membership to diamondjackson.com with frequent member chats that become nasty and naughty. Before she made her adult film industry debut, Diamond Jackson used to host, produce, and edit her own fitness-themed TV show. During this time, Diamond Jackson also worked as a mainstream model, appearing in several commercials and runway campaigns. Talking about these early years within her October 2010 Ringside Report interview, Diamond Jackson highlighted how it was a local mainstream show where I did fitness and was executive producer, did some of the editing camera work and worked in front of the camera. Also hired other personal trainers. Even before this show, I did television work where I was a day J like in the early days of MTV where the person talked about introducing videos. I did national commercials and runway modeling. Being 5'7", having a long lean body where when they put you in heels, you're even taller, I was able to do runway modeling. I modeled swimsuits and fitness wear on the acting side, did some place I really enjoyed. Diamond Jacks first began working in the adult entertainment industry in 2001. As a webcam model, she responded to an advent for lingerie and swimsuit models in a local newspaper. As Diamond Jackson explained in her October 2010 Insider Report interview, I first got to the adult industry when I was a model. At the time, I saw a generic ad in the newspaper that wanted lingerie and swimsuit models. I answered the ad and when I went, it was an actual job for a camera model online. 
It was basically taking clothes off of whoever wanted to see in a private show. I really didn't know what it was until the first day I got there. So when they said I had to take off my clothes, I was like, oh gosh, we're honestly as a model, but to take our clothes off anyway. It really paid well. I went with what, and I went with that for a while. Yeah, then other companies like Club, Jenna, Bang Bros, and, Re and Reality King saw me and started to do some of my first stuff with them. I also at the time got the movies in 2007. I had my own website where I performed and lots of my members were asking me when I was going to try making porn films. They knew how much I loved sex. During the October 2010 Ringsider Report interview, Diamond revealed the origins of her porn star stage name Diamond Jackson divulging that, well, basically I was watching an old movie called The Players Club 1998. The character that Lisa Ray played was called Diamond. When I came to the modeling gig we talked about earlier, they said I had to have a stage name. I was like, what the fuck is a stage name? I had just watched movie and said Diamond. The name was born. She laughed. When I started shooting porn in 2007, they kind of basically said I needed a last name, so I added Jackson. Um, Diamond Jackson adult film career. Diamond Jackson made her official adult film industry debut in 2007, and some of her earliest produ porn productions include Milk School Number no. 4, 2007, for Vivian and Baby Momsies Number no. 3, 2008, for Juicy Entertainment. Within which Diamond Jackson shared a terrific three way with Kelly Madison and Ryan Madison. Diamond Jackson starred in Black Mamas 2008 for Elegant Angel that showcased Diamond, an epic group sex scene with sexy Black porn stars Naomi Banks, Cinnamon, and Love, and LT. She was featured in the Reality Kings DVD compilation titled Big Tits Boss Number 3, 2008, and she shared an amazing group shoot with Jada Fire, Monique Prince, Yashua, Shawn Michaels, and Shorty Ma and Dirty Rotten Motherfuckers number 2008 for Jules Jordan video. Talking about these early days for adult film via her solo website, Diamond Jackson conveyed how being a sexual person as well as an exhibitionist has always been a part of my nature. Modeling was something that I've always enjoyed. One day my life was changed in an instant. There was an ad in the paper for a cam model on the internet which seemed very interesting to me. I got the job and began working as a cam model in that studio the following day. Next thing I knew, I was hooked and enjoyed it so much that I began modeling and camming for my studio I had built in my home. It may be interesting to learn that Diamond Jackson has been managing her official website, diamondjackson.com, since 2005, though she continues to share all manner of exclusive video, photo, live cam, and blog content with her global fan base. As Diamond Jackson flamed via her, her saucy solo site, as a member of my site, you'll be able to get to know me better on a personal level. Visit me anytime day or night on the site. I created it so that we could keep each other company 24-7. You can catch me often being nasty and naughty live or private shows from location or the Diamond Camp Studio I have in my house. I have sexy, hot, and steamy photos along with videos that will help you explode your load, whether I'm online or not. Throughout her adult film career, Diamond Jackson started in a steady stream of critically acclaimed evasive angles Productions. You have to check out Diamond Jackson Sizzling Scenes and Can't Be Chappelle's show, A Triple X Parody 2010, Horny Black Mothers and Daughters and Break 2010, which was nominated for Best Older Woman Slash Younger Girl Release at the 2011 Evening Awards, and Can't Be Sanford and Son 2011, was nominated for Best Parody Comedy at the 2012 Avian Awards. Uh, one of Diamond Jackson's most popular porn productions has been the campaign 2010 for Josh Stone Productions, which was her first ever feature film directed by Josh Stone starring gorgeous black porn stars Naomi Banks, Lisa Lee, Jayla Fox, and Ariana Starr. Um, 
Wow, I think y'all get the point. Um, she said, I mean, I think y'all get the point. I, no, no problem with her or anything. It's just that once I feel like it's understandable, I think I should stop. Um, the titles I can understand can be very concerning. It can be troubling for other people, I understand. Um, and that's why I'm not saying you can't have explicit titles for porn films. I'm just saying we have to be careful how we work because we can easily um, glorify racism, sexism, and human rights abuses of all kinds if we're uncareful. Um, and I think that when we do parodies, we have to be careful because Fan from the Sun is very highly prized in communities, Black, Indigenous people, color communities, where there was restriction of expression in terms of being Black. And we have to keep in mind that San Francisco Sun was released at a time where people were longing for Black empowerment like they are now. Um, they didn't have what we had now in terms of Black empowerment resources. So in the Can't Be Spell show, that show is a socially conscious show. You know, it's comedic. It shows a lot of what's happening in the world. So I read some of those things so people can understand more about the person. So in the term big mamas and milk, black mamas, um, I think uh, there's nothing wrong with being a baby mom, in my opinion. I think that if the, as long as the parents can be in a child's life regularly and they're in safe, that the, and the parents are safety to them and they're around safe adults and they're around. Uh, and they're in like healthy situations, you know what I mean, where they got the right people around them kind of thing, then it's not wrong with being a baby mom. I just want to say that. Um, I know the title is Milk Black Mamas. Yes, it could be troubling, concerning for a lot of people, and I understand it. Um, there's nothing wrong with being an older woman who likes younger adult men. There's nothing wrong with being a younger adult man who likes older women. That's fine. It's just the titling I could understand how that could cause trepidation and devastation in people's lives. Um, even though some people like the term, I respect that a lot of people don't. A lot of people do, but again, a lot of people don't. And that sensitivity should be respected, indeed.
And the black mama's thing, of course, sexy black porn stars, I get it. It can be very, some people can see it as glamorizing racial abuse. And we don't want that. And it's okay for people of all ethnicities and of all um, people of all races, all nationalities, maybe all nationalities is the best way to say it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with people of all nationalities being in porn, right? But when we say sexy black, some people say, are you saying that black porn stars are ugly, but you find an exception? That's the, the concern that I'm addressing that many people do have. Black moms, maybe we just say, Maybe you could, instead of the word black, you could take that out, or the word mamas, you could just say um, triple X enthusiasm, where people know the age based upon the names and age and all that. They, they know. Maybe just change the names. I, I understand we want to, some people feel like, well, I'm, I'm being inclusive. And have people along, I'm like, that's great and all, but your title should easily convey that. They could be explicit as long as people know that they are treated with hospitality, that there's inclusion, that people know they belong. If you could easily convey that to your viewers with explicit but kind-hearted titles, I think porn should do that, explicit but kind-hearted titles because you want viewers to easily go, oh, okay, I understand. This is, it's all ethical here. This is okay, it's all good, right? The titles, okay, yeah, we know, older, younger, black, white, we know all that, but nobody is being like put down or anything. That's cool, that's cool. And one more thing, we say big tits, and we have to be careful. A lot of women have been made to feel bad if they have breasts that aren't considered large. So we don't want to put down women who have breasts that society says are not big, okay? We got to be careful with how we title things. And that's why I kind of stopped because I said, wait a minute, I think we need to like think things deeper, think things through. Um, so that's the kind of person I am. Um, I was just reading new, a little bit new things about her, but I also wanted to let you know that I'm, I'm sensitive to titles. I'm just a caring person, you know. Uh, make sure that my computer's charging. Yes, five minutes to charge. Actually, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Letting it charge, not going out on me. All right, so what do I want to read? I'll read. I'm not going to rush. 
I'm not going to rush. In fact, I'll stop tonight so I can rest. And then I'll read part two. Then I'll finish part two of the racism tomorrow. So I'll be doing two episodes tomorrow. I just do one a day. And thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thank you all for your patience. The episode begins right now. We're just going to talk about porn star interviews and what life is like for porn stars. Cosmopolitan.com. Porn star interviews with adult actors answering some very nosy questions. You're about to find out exactly what they tell their granny they do for work. By Cantriola. Harvey Jenner, May 3rd, 2019. What do they tell their grannies they do for work? What does grandma have to say? Ever wondered what life as a porn star is really like? Read our interview with two female adult actors, Tanya Tate and Samantha Bentley, porn director, CEO, and founder of Joy Bear Pictures. Justin Ribeiro Dos Santos for a little bit of insight into the realities of an industry that is often misunderstood. Does working in porn mean you can't enjoy porno or sex yourself? Tanya, if you work in a restaurant, you still enjoy good food. As a porn star, I can appreciate both gentle sex and hard, fast, animalistic sex. It depends on the mood. For me, I still enjoy normal, regular sex when I'm off camera. It's more intimate, and there's something about not having a room full of crew watching that makes it more special. Samantha. For a long time, over a year, I didn't have sex off cameras. So for me to do it, I really need to feel something for someone that entices and excites me. I want intimacy and closeness. If I just want an orgasm, I can make that happen at work. It's only been very recently that I've been open to having sex off camera again. But I find that now I'm more insecure in the bedroom off camera because I'm incredibly self-aware. I spend every day learning which angles are good, what side my head needs to be on for lighting and so on and so forth that I forgot how to have real sex. Yup, porn stars get insecure too. Justin, I need to be particularly careful not to overexpose myself to pornographic content. Naturally, we view quite a lot of explicit material and I don't want it to interfere with my personal life. Do you have to come for real? Has your cum face ever been prettied up? Tanya, I know what I like and what turns me on so I can direct my partner to pleasure me. Sometimes it's hard not to screw your face up when you're coming and you have to remember the camera is there capturing it all. Some directors will ask you to come on demand. That can sometimes be tricky, but you just have to put yourself in the moment and let go. Justin, good question. I refer to this as the monkey face. I think one of the most amazing things porn stars do is specifically to have an orgasm. Whether real or fake, but especially if real, I think a performer is at their most vulnerable when climaxing, and I don't think it's right to interfere with that. Fortunately, we have never had such a terribly off-putting cum face that we've had to ask the model if we can reshoot it. 
This is one of the reasons I would never go in front of the camera as I have a sneaky feeling I would be the one to buck that trend. Ooh, ooh. Samantha, my face is never pretty. I constantly look like I'm crying. I like my movies to be real, so all my orgasms are real, and any reactions I have are real. I cannot stand women that moan the entire way through their scenes, even when they aren't being touched. I know it look ridiculous when I have sex, so I don't try and pretty it up. That's my face. Don't like it? Don't watch it. How often do female adult actors wax? Doesn't it get irritated? Samantha, yes, it does. I no longer wax nor shave. I grew it out and went for the retro bush about a year ago. At first, it was a strange going from completely Hollywood, but I actually love it. Surprisingly, it gets me a lot of work, and a lot of guys like it. It's becoming a porn trend at the moment. It's so much more comfortable. Shaving slash waxing would leave me with stubble and friction burn and little red bumps. Ladies and people with vaginas, love your downstairs and let it grow. If someone can appreciate that adults have hair down there, they do not deserve to be near you in the first place. Obviously, doing this job means maintaining my appearance at all times, but I can see women shaving every day, waxing, lasering, having their buttholes bleached, spending hours on a sunbed. Tanya, I was lucky in that I decided to have laser hair removed. I was lucky in that before that I decided to have laser hair removal before I started in the industry, so it's never been an issue with me. I still use hair removing cream or razor to get rid of the small amount of fuzz immediately before a scene. Once I had to grow my pubic hair for a scene where I played Alithia in Spartacus Double M five Double M seven. After several weeks, there was hardly anything there, so the makeup artist had to give me a false pubic wig or a merkin. Do you have to make pre-sex small talk on sex? On, do you have to make pre-sex small? I'm so blah. Do you have to make pre-sex small talk on sex? Samantha, there can be the incredibly awkward small talk if you are working with someone for the first time. You get on set, you awkwardly hug and, and mumble, nice to meet you. We're having sex today, but on average, there, there's no awkwardness. How do male and penis having members of the crew avoid getting a boner throughout filming? Justin, we actively employ crew members we feel won't create an atmosphere like being visibly excited on set, for example. Our crews are professionals. They're to, there to do a job and they make the film look as good as possible. At the end of the day, despite what you might think, I think their minds are more production values than the two gorgeous naked bodies living around in front of them. It's worth adding after every shoot, we always strip off and have group sex. Just kidding. Have you ever had a co-star who has really grossed you out? Tanya, okay, I'm going to confess. Yes, I've worked with some performers whose personal hygiene was a bit poor. I have seen fluffy belly buttons on women scabby feet so bad they had to keep their shoes on and private regions not clean properly. Sometimes I can get away with avoiding the area. When it comes to an unclean vagina, I've stopped the scene in the middle of filming and told them to go clean themselves again, including wiping their bum ass, if you will. If the director wants a good scene from me, I need to be able to enjoy exploring my partner all over. Samantha, of course, I once worked with a woman with hygiene that was so bad, 
I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to finish the scene. There was also an incredibly attractive guy that I had been looking forward to working with who sweated profusely and insisted on licking me all over like a dog and consistently slapped me around the face for 40 minutes. Now I have a yes list, which means I will only work with you if you're on my approved list of performers. It's quite long and people do get added and subtracted from it, but I'm getting pickier as my career goes on. The list is definitely shrinking. Have you ever known anyone to meet a love interest through work, love actually style, Samantha? Yes, a lot of people in, in the industry date and even get married. If you think about it, we're all meeting, hanging out, spending time together, then having sex. It would be strange if couples weren't formed on set. I dated a coworker for a short period of time. It is hard because we are all constantly having sex with each other's friends and foes. Also, once you terminate the relationship, you're still in each other's faces and may even have to work together again. Talk about awkward, right? Or end up on set with your ex's new partner. Even more painful and awkward. However, there are porn fairy tales. Two of my good friends got married last week, actually. Tanya, I've never seen Love Actually. I'm just not keen on Hugh Grant as an actor. People do meet through work. But I've never seen a big proposal happen on set, though. What's the weirdest porn set you've ever worked on? Samantha, when I first started in the industry, I was shooting in Budapest for a medical fetish company in a bizarre warehouse. One of the rooms was done up like a hospital suite, and the aim of the shoot was that I was filmed pretending to have a heart attack, and then the medics revived me. Nothing sexual at all. But these movies are sold as sexual stimulation. To this day, that is the strangest experience I, I have ever had in this industry. Needless to say, I declined their offer to shoot me again. Justin, our storylines and themes are normally based on everyday characters and experiences, so we don't tend to find ourselves in especially weird predicaments. Our movies are very vanilla, non-kinky sex, which suits us perfectly. That said, occasionally on set, the sound recorder will request we recreate post-coitus sex sounds, oohs and ahs. We're re-recording sex sounds, but the actors just standing around and probably texting is always quite entertaining. How many people are involved in the making of an average porn film? Justin. Average Joy Bear film will typically require about 30 people, including up to 10 performers, director, camera operator, photographer, lighting, sound, and more. But this isn't typical for the industry. I would imagine average porn film would employ about half that number. While our production crew is quite large for the industry, when it comes to when it comes to shoot the sex, we boil it down to a skeleton crew of our skeleton crew of four. Director slash camera one, camera two, sound and production manager to give the actors more intimacy. Have you ever been involved in any super niche pornos? Tanya, a niche market that has currently become more popular is mother-slash-daughter sex role-play. I enjoy working with hot young ladies. For me, it is fun. It's just role-playing. For others, this is just something people are not comfortable with, including other talent who are not happy being cast in this type of movie. Do any of the stars have surprising secret lives? Example, they're doctors slash lawyers in real life, just infrequently. A lot of the performers we work with are extremely bright individuals who have worked in a variety of fields, including law, marketing, and even mainstream sport. I'm not giving names though. What, prof what profession would you put on your passport if you still had to? Samantha, 
I would probably put entertainer or model. I'm not shy nor am I ashamed. However, if someone asks what I do, I say it straight up. Doing this job has given me a complete lack of a sensor, though. I forget that it's not normal to talk about gang bangs in nice restaurants. Tanya, I own a publicity company, so I put publicists. Prior to being an adult, I worked in the office, so I put office worker. I do not, I do note part of my income as is from being an actress on my tax return, but I'm not specific with my genre of acting. Does your granny slash other members of your family know what you do? And what do they think about it? Tanya, I originally told my mom when I decided when to get into the industry. She said as long as I was safe and she is fine with my career choice. My mom was supportive. I even flew her to Los Angeles for her birthday one year, and she had her birthday dinner celebrations with a bunch of porn stars. My other family, I didn't really tell, but I didn't hide it either, but eventually they got to find out. I had a cousin who found out through watching a DVD. It must have been a shock when I turned up on the screen with Rocco Say Freddy. Samantha, the more successful I became in the industry, the harder it was to hide. I came home from America clutching an avian award, the Oscar of the porn world, and that's when my mother found out. Everyone knows, but I don't really talk about it with my family. They know I'm safe and happy, and they leave it at that. What's the most What's the most diva demand you've ever had from an adult actor? Justin, fortunately, we don't work with too many divas. I think because we don't ever ask too much of people, they generally speaking are happy to do whatever we do, ask, whatever we do ask them to do. Occasionally, you'll come across a porn star who doesn't kiss on the lips. As soon as we discover this, we don't cast them. Here at Joy Bear, we love snogging. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. I'm just really amazed. Um, all I can say is, um, I think people should be able to do what is right for them sexually. And they should never do what's wrong for them sexually because sexual um, ethics are subjective. So what's right for one person sexually may be wrong for another person sexually. And we all have to respect each other's sexual ethics as long as no harm is done, then whatever floats your erotic boat teach their own. That's all I can say. I mean, wow. <laughs> okay. What it's like to date when you're a porn star. There are three cardinals for dating a sex worker. Don't break me by Andre Shaktai, May 2nd, 2019. My relationship with Sam started in a strip club. I've been dancing at the crazy Russian for about six months and all of my uni friends were incredibly supportive. So much so that they would regularly come in for an opportunity to get off campus and watch little Russian women bend and twirl, applauding the loudest never I take the stage. I loved them for it. One night, my roommate surprised me by bringing a group of guys from school who I'd never met before. I didn't know she was hoping to take one of them home. A tall, freckled boy with a chiseled jaw and piercing blue eyes. And before she could make her move, Sam and I locked eyes while I executed a pretty flawless inverted pole trick. He was hooked. 
Despite my flatmate's grumblings, the next three months of my life involved seeing a lot of Sam. I took him to his first drag show. He whined and dined me on his family's generous dime. There wasn't much chemistry, but the lack of sexual attraction wasn't what ended our relationship. It was Sam's obsession with the fact that I stripped. Sam had stripper fever. He showed up at my work, I announced to cheer me on, which made my customers recoil from the stage with money still clenching their fists. He excitedly told his parents how I earned my money before I even met them. He blurted out to friends and acquaintances without a second thought. Then once in the bedroom, Sam asked me to dance for him, lap dance. You know, he urged, dragging a folding chair out of the corner like we're in the club. There are a few rules for dating a sex worker. Don't compromise their cash flow by driving away their business. Never out them to other people without their consent. And don't expect them to eagerly perform activities they normally get paid to do for free. He'd broken all three. And my work and my personal life were getting a little too close for comfort. I needed to draw a boundary. So I kicked well-intentioned Sam to the curb. But that was only the beginning. My life became an endless stream of people making assumptions about how much I made or what my childhood was like, or feeling entitled to be with me because they'd watched some of my porn scenes and therefore knew me. They assumed that I, they assumed that who I was on stage and on camera was the same as who I was in the bedroom. Ask any sex worker how they maintain their boundaries and you're in for a long conversation. Some people develop a working identity that they keep entirely separate from the real life persona and others conflate the two. Many sex workers desperately want to be out, but don't want to endure invasive questions or fear that their housing stability or the custody of their children would be compromised. Some of us just don't feel that connected to the character we've created for work. So it seems unimportant to talk about. And while some strippers love putting platforms on and grinding to their partners' crotches, as foreplay, just as many would slap their boyfriend silly if he asked. The hardest boundary I've had to confront in my romantic relationships is the line between authentic desire in my work and the it's just work defense. Sex workers and committed partnerships often spend a great deal of time reassuring their partners that what they do at work is fake. It's not real intimacy, we insist after coming home from a porn shoot. I'm on set. I'm cold. People are staring at me. Last thing I'm feeling is aroused. Then we highlight everything that makes our partner special to us to ease their jealousy. I'm not saying that sex workers who reassure their partners like this are being dishonest, not exactly, but the world isn't black and white. And while the vast majority of us are not regularly turned on by our work, real connections can happen with teen partners and genuine fun can be had with clients. So where's the line? Now I'm fortunate enough to have relationships where my partners are my cheerleaders. When I show up to a professional domination session with a new client, who looks like Brad Pitt with an Irish accent, I don't have to worry about going home later and pretending like there wasn't genuine attraction there. It doesn't threaten my relationships in the slightest. After almost a decade of sex work under my belt, I find that the only time boundaries get blurred for me is when a partner doesn't acknowledge that the work I do is labor and deserves respect. Would you expect your wife, a chef, to come home at the end of a long day and cook an elaborate meal for you? Would you tell your accountant husband that you don't want to hear about how mean his boss was today because his boss is a woman and it makes you jealous? These days, when my partners want to visit me at work, they ask first. They defer to me when their parents ask me what I do for a living at the dinner table. And 
asked how my day was because they're genuinely excited to hear all the juicy details. When it comes to lap dance in the bedroom, they always let me be the instigator. Wow, because this is all new to me, I would say that people should be in arrangements that don't feel troubling to them, that don't feel um, dangerous to them. I think people should be free of unsafe and hazardous situations. I don't think people should be in necessarily awkward situations and situations that can be um, red flag type of situations. And I noticed that some people um, think that because you're a sex worker, whether you relationship or not, they have the right to have sex with you. And they may ask that on the first date uh, uh, about your sex life and how they can be another partner within your sex life. And they'll assume that you're kinky because the word porn. And they'll assume that you have sex all the time, like you're a hypersexual person because you do porn. Um, and some people may give you racist stereotypes, sexist stereotypes, both kinds of stereotypes about how you are in terms of your sexual being. And all those things are just, for lack of better words, they are completely fucked up. They are completely fucked up. And some people will typecast you because you do porn. They don't think you have interests. They don't think you are kind. They don't think you have goals outside of porn. They don't think you have, a, they don't think you have career aspirations outside of porn. They don't think that you're a full-fledged human being because you do porn. And again, that is completely fucked up. Okay, I'm gonna keep on. So I'm gonna just keep reading more interviews. From Diamond with Love, RSR gets a 100 view, 180 view of adult movie performer, Diamond Jackson, October 18, 2010. Exclusive interview by Bad Brad, um, Berkeley. My biggest thing is don't just do it for the money. Do it because you love it. Your fans will know if you don't enjoy it and for yourself. If you don't like it, you will not do it for very long. Again, my biggest thing is don't just do it for the money. Do it because you love it. Your fans will know if you don't enjoy it and for yourself. If you don't like it, you will not do it for very long. Diamond Jackson. Jackson. Diamond Jackson. Standing at five feet seven, with measurements of 34, 24, 24, and a double D slash E cup, this lady is not easily shaken or stirred. In an industry today that brings in billions of dollars a year, you have some adult stars who really stand out for their unique looks and, of course, their skills. Diamond combines those qualities and a great sense of humor that has been a recipe for a successful adult movie career and a flourishing website where you can see her perform daily on the various webcam shows she gives. Jackson, the former college grad who majored in sports medicine technology, is still a fitness nut who likes to work out in her home gym to keep in shape in between long days of work and running her website. In this exclusive interview, Diamond gives a 180 about the adult industry, her website business, and thoughts on a myriad of topics. 
Ladies and gentlemen, RSR brings you Miss Diamond Jackson. Uh, double, uh, Brad Berkwitz. First off, let's catch up the RSR readers on what you're doing today. Diamond Jackson. I have a website. You can catch me on Twitter where you only meet my first name. For the live cam shows, you can catch them at diamondcam.net. I have an adult movie coming out called The Companion, which is my first feature film I've done. In it, I play a character named Monica, and it's for Josh Stone Productions. The release date for it is September 30th, 2010. I, I also have a movie out now called House Hunters. Um, I'm not good with these. Wrong numbers. Uh, four. Yeah, I'm still working on my Roman numerals, which is a series by Girlfriends Films, which came out September 17, 2010. Um, on November 5th, this November 7th, 2010, I was making making an appearance at the Exotica New Jersey Expo in Edison, New Jersey. Then on November 19th to the 21st, I'll be at the Everything to Do with Sex Show in Toronto, Canada. On January 69, 2011, I'll be at the AVN Adult Entertainment Expo 2011 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Finally, I'll be starting a new show on Blog Talk Radio where I answer all types of sex questions. Uh, your biography says you graduated from college. What university did you attend and what did you major in? I graduated from Denver University and got a degree in sports medicine technology. What made you get your degree in sports medicine technology? I enjoy fitness and keeping my body in shape. I like sports and gymnastics and during high school I was into cheerleading. So with that background, I was always interested in it. Before you ventured into a successful career in the adult movie industry, you were a TV personality who hosted, producing, who hosted, produced, and edit your own show. Yes, it was a local mainstream show where I did fitness and was executive producer and did some of the editing. Camera work and worked in front of the camera. I also hired other personal trainers. Even before this show, I did television work where I was a DJ like in the early days of MTV where the person talked about and introduced the videos. We also worked in mainstream modeling as an actress. What are some things you did? Yes, I did national commercials and runaway modeling. Being 5'7 and having a long, lean body where when they put you in heels, you're even taller, I was able to do runway modeling. I modeled swimsuits and fitness wear. On the acting side, I did some things that I really enjoyed. How did you first get into the adult movie industry? I first got into the adult industry when I was a model. At the time, I saw a generic ad in the newspaper that wanted lingerie and swimsuit models. I answered the ad and went, and when I went, it was an actual job for a camera model online. It's basically taking a clothes off for whoever wanted to see in a private show. I really didn't know what it was for the first day I got there. So when they said I had to take off my clothes, I was like, oh gosh, but honestly, as a model, we had to take our clothes off anyway. It really paid well. I went with that for a while. Now the company's like, Club Gina, Bang Bros, Reality King Solving was start, and I started to do some of my first stuff with them. I also at the time got into movies in 2007. I had my own website where I performed, and lots of my members were asking me when I was going to try making porn films. They knew how much I loved sex. 
What precautions do the people behind these movies take to ensure that STDs are not rampant amongst performers in your industry? We are tested every month between 28 and 31 days. It's very good that, I'm sorry about that. If you heard anything from, I was charging my phone, so let me ask that again, this case, if you are distracted. Here we go. What precautions do the people behind the movies take to ensure that STDs are not rampant amongst performers in your industry? We are tested every month between 28 and 31 days. It's very good, and that means we are safer than the general public. The performers in my industry actually see the test of each performer. The biggest thing is to stop an outbreak to other talent. If someone has something, they are shut down to work in the industry. A follow-up question. In boxing, if a fighter is suspended for a medical reason, in most states, the record is online can be checked where they cannot fight until the suspicion is I'm sorry. A follow-up question in boxing. If a fighter is suspended for medical reason, in most states, the record is online and can be checked where they cannot fight until the suspension is lifted. However, in some states with very weak commissions, that fighter can slip through the cracks and still fight through under a suspension. Is it the same way in the adult movie industry? No, because you have to show your test results. And a lot of times people like me want to see your most recent test which you can also do online, so it cannot be doctored up and all that. If, if it's something that can be cured, then they have to take the medicine and then get retested in order to come back to work, proving what they had is gone. Both years in adult movies, you really didn't have a lot of African-American women performing. But in the last era of the 80s and 90s, 1980s, 1990s, you had names like Heather Hunter, Gina Pepper, Angie Kel Angel Kelly, and Ebony Ace, name a few. In this era, you have yourself, Jada Fire, Vanessa Blue, and Naomi Banks, to name just a few. Have you ever met any of the old guard in your industry? And if so, did they commend your body of work? Yes, I actually spoke with Heather Hunter at an event in Miami that I was at, and I think it was called The Legends of Porn. And after that, she said things just like you mentioned and was very encouraging. She really had a beautiful soul, and I'm not just saying it. It was so refreshing because there are not many people out there like her in general no matter what you do in this world. She truly was very, very personable. What do you say to a lot of adult movie fans who think that in your business today, it's more about just the sex than telling a story slash sex as it was in this 1970s, 1980s that seems to find a very big following? I would say that the reason it has gone to that from what I can see is from the bang bang of the amateur porn scene out there which has really taken off. It's an easy concept where anything went. I am on TV and watch me have sex. With it taken off so fast, a lot of the companies went with that. The bigger companies such as Your Big and Wicked, I believe, started to feel the stress from all those other amateur sites online slash movies. A man could get his fix in less than 10 minutes and went to work right after. With our lifestyles today being so busy, we don't have time to sit around and, and watch an entire movie and a guy for sure doesn't want to see it to get off. I think that is why you see the films today instead of the story slash sex in the years you mentioned. Some of those old films, but not all, were very corny back then from what I saw. They were kind of like B-movies in the mainstream that quite honestly are not that good. Now, if we go back to the story slash sex, which I am not opposed to, I think the scripts have to be a lot better and seem more real within being less corny. 
Now, if they do that, I think people once again flock to those type of types of adult movies. Finally, keep in mind that those movies cost a lot to make, and many adult companies are having them having the movies put online for free so they cannot afford it. The adult movie industry at this time doesn't have any means or as in the mainstream where funds are paid into such groups as AFTRA or SAG. SAG or AFTRA. Why do you think after all these years of the industry being around and making billions, there still is not something in place for performance in your business? No, we don't have any union. I think we should have some type of union to support us. But for whatever reason, the industry, as I mentioned, does not. A follow-up question. And a follow-up question is, does your industry have a spokesperson like the mainstream Hollywood industry does? I would really fall to your it would really fall to your agent or manager who's up to what is going on in the industry. Currently, I don't have an agent right now, but I handle all my business matters very carefully because porn to me is just like any job where you must educate yourself with the business side. It always seems that you have a few politicians here and, here, here and there who want to take on the adult movie industry as being something that is against the Bible. Over the years, their constituents got very angry because there are tons of much more important issues than this one like the economy and healthcare. In fact, those same politicians are hypocrites because they take your taxes that you make from those movies that they think are vile and use them to push their earmarks or other causes forward. What are your thoughts on this subject? Well, first for the constituents that are tired of this, they need to go and vote and allow their voice to be heard that they are tired of politicians taking on the adult industry there are so many more important causes like the economy and healthcare. I am one who does in fact vote. Politicians cater to groups many times, and I hate to say this, they lie to get what they want. It's kind of like this. The, woman, the women's vote is very important to a politician. One of the things, though not everything they strive for is an election or re-election is that block of voters. Women, of course, who are not in porn or watch porn will be against it, because they don't want their man watching it. Therefore, in order to get that woman's vote, they say porn is the root of evil or something to that effect. Most men, but not all, of course, are not going to really give a shit. A male politician really wants to get the women vote because they know that women will always attract more women. They know to vote very easily. Women at times get jealous of women in porn because they don't want to be made to feel like they have to look like them, screw like them, fuck like them, and all that other stuff, all that other shit. The, inter the internet porn industry has taken many of their husbands or significant others away from them because they don't spend the time with them being romantic or satisfying them, which if they did, then you would not have to worry about him going somewhere else, in most cases, to satisfy their needs. Politicians take this issue on because the bottom line is they're seeking votes and will pander to any cause, whether it's the adult industry or another issue. They think again, the votes will come to get them elected or reelected. There's so many distributors today taking these clips of your films and repackaging them into another movie, making it look like you have a brand new movie out while advertising the name as the star. When really you did this scene or scenes from a previous movie, do you get any royalties from these tapes? Yes, I've had that happen a few times. No, you don't get any royalties for it. With that event of free pornography on the internet today, do you feel it helps or hurts your website business 
because there they have to pay to see you. And of course the video stuff is free. I really feel it actually helps. Number one way of making money is exposure. I don't care who you are or what you do. If you have no exposure, nobody's going to know who you are. So, you're, so you are not going to make a lot of money. The more people that know about you, the more potential you have of making more money. So my thing is, I don't ever cry about it because there's not anything I can really do about it. You go in as talent, sign a contract and get your pay. Every day I find myself somewhere else on a new website. But the point is, it brings me new fans and more money for my cam shows because I'm always online. So I'm like, put it everywhere. I don't care. At the award shows or any other events, you always see mainstream Hollywood stars in the audience. Or visiting in your experiences how does mainstream hollywood treat performers in your business most of the mainstream hollywood folks i know personally have treated me very well to include the men and women in the music industry as well honestly many folks are not just in hollywood love sex maybe this is shocking fact to some but to me it's not at all do you see yourself coming from in front of the camera to being behind it as a director i don't see if anything is possible as i mentioned earlier i did do it before in the mainstream media on your website, you are the spokesmodel for the vibrator buddy. While watching that clip, I feel like you went to crack up and you were having a lot of fun. Is it safe to say in real life you are a cut up who likes to really laugh slash have fun? Yes, you are right in your observation because I could be pretty comical. People think I should go into comedy. I don't really see that. I love life and like to have fun whenever focusing on the negative, which I hate to say many people do. Talk about the stalking aspect about your business that you may or may not have dealt with. I use Oprah Winfrey as an example always in talking about this. We really don't know much about her, really, other than, of course, she's a talk show host. That is really how you need to keep it. That's why there are certain things I will not say, because my personal life is personal, because I do have family that are in the entertainment business and in mainstream television, which you may see on a daily basis. This is why I do not let a lot of people know who I am or where I'm about other than what they see. I think more of the ladies doing these cam shows, which I have seen telling far too much personal stuff like where they live and that is where you get in trouble. I've had instances where I, I've had people trying to get into my life too much and I had to tell them this is none of your business. In this business, you have to be careful bottom line. To add just a little, to add just a little bit more to my answer, I was at a Walmart a few years ago and there was a band of migrant workers that had no clue who I was. I was just walking out of the store and they tried to pull me to the van by grabbing my arm. Luckily, I got away. But this is how crazy life can be. I would like you to share your words of wisdom from a business standpoint to any young person who is of the legal age who wants to get into the adult movie industry. I would tell them that if this I would tell them that if this is something you really want to do, try to get yourself a reputable agent that can help you get your foot in the door. For the men, it is a lot harder. Once you get in, you do get a lot of jobs. When you do get into the industry, only do something that you enjoy doing. If you don't like doing anal sex, then don't tell them. Then don't let them tell you if you do, you'll make more money. My biggest thing is don't just do it for the money, do it because you love it. Your fans will know if you don't enjoy it. And for yourself, if you don't like it, you will not do it for very long. Finally, realize that this is the adult movie industry. And say down the road you want to be a politician, you might just not be able to, you might just not be able to because of this career. She laughed at that. Who is your favorite singer of all time and why? Diana Ross and Whitney Houston are tied. I think they really bring feelings to their music. 
If you were stranded on a desert island and could only have one CD and one movie, what would you choose? It would be Diana Ross's greatest hits. That movie would be Lady Sings the Blues. If you could change one thing in the world, what would that be and why? That would be to see all people as equal. They're handicapped or believe differently than you. It would not matter with the one equal. Who is the one person from any walk of life you like to meet slash talk with? God. What would be your first question to God? What was your purpose for creating people besides you love them? What is something you can share with the I? What is something you can share with the RSR readers that you have never told anyone before this interview? Wow, sexually, I like to be kissed by my ear, which is one of my hot spots. She laughed at that. How did you come up with the name Diamond Jackson? Well, I was basically watching a movie called The Players Club, Players Club 1998, and the character that Lisa Ray played was called Diamond. When I came to the Marlin gig we talked about earlier, they said I have to have a stage name. I was like, what the fuck is a stage name? I had just watched the movie and said Diamond. Her name was born. She laughed at that. When I started shooting Corner 2007, they kind of basically said I needed a last name, so I added Jackson. Who's your favorite fighter and why? Muhammad Ali. I enjoyed the fact that he added entertainment to his boxing, like his line, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. He really did make it entertaining. Do you favor a mandatory retirement fund for all boxers? And if so, how would you like to see it accomplished? Yes, I favor anyone actually having a retirement fund. You have to think about when you get older and it, and it's necessary, and it necessarily is not your kids that will take care of you. And if you don't have any, then who? Basically, from what I am, thinking you are going to have to go to local politician offices to get your senators involved to institute something like this since it has never been done by just a boxing people in the business. They then get people in your industry to sit down and put something down on paper to get it started slash how to get up slash how to get it going. Finally, what is the saying you live your life by? Learn to love and be loved. Learned a lot. I really like when she talked about her thoughts on the political hypocrisy. Uh, to be honest, I've watched her before. Have I ever pledged myself to her? I have. Um, because I've seen her do shows and I got the reason why I liked watching it back then is because she truly enjoyed what she was doing. That made me truly enjoy my fun watching her. And she's a cool person. Indeed. And I love that she keeps herself in shape and that she's a brilliant, decent person from what I'm reading. Okay. So I think I'm going to keep going. I've never seen Jis Lee, but I'm going to mention him. I'm sorry, I've never seen Jazz sleeping up going to mention this person. I don't know their agenda pronouns. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Uh, 20 questions with Jazz Lee. Jazz Lee is a San Francisco queer who believes that porn and radical sex is activism, particularly for people of marginalized communities where creating their own images and media representation is critical. 
As a genderqueer performer, Jess has worked with queer, queer porn companies such as Pink and White Productions, Madison Bound Productions, and No Flow, and has been featuring logos, lesbian sex, and sexuality on Brian Kink. Jess's first porn snow scene with real life partner Sean, also known as Sid Blackovich in the Crash Pad, was awarded hottest dyke sex scene by the Feminist Porn Awards. Hey, that's what they said. Some people who are queer, gender queer, call themselves dykes. So I'm just saying what they are okay with. If they were not okay with it, I would not have said the word. All right. Just Lisa's turn ons include authentic, enthusiastic, fun sex, androgyny, and gender fuck. Fisting, ejaculation, gapers, switches, dorks, techies, librarians, kinky experimentation, and pleasure activists. P.S. I have made, I may have made one of those up. <laughs> one, how and when did you get started in the industry? It was a pickup line my partner, Sid Blackovich, also known as Sean, used when we first met in 2005. Needless to say, it worked. Two. If you weren't in the adult industry, what would you be doing? I do lots of other things. My regular nine five is in web production. I have a number of side projects that include web design and online marketing. I also advocate for arts and technology through a number of nonprofit organizations, including Counter Pulse Theater, where I'm the board president. Three, what's the best thing you've learned or best advice you received from industry? Do what you love. Four, what's the funniest thing that's happened while filming? Shine Lewis Houston has the best laugh on the planet. Something can happen, it doesn't even have to really be that funny. But if Sean starts laughing, and by laughing, I mean snorting, then it's hilarious every time. Five, what do you think is the biggest, what do you think is the biggest misconception about women in industry? The stereotype that women don't have sexual, that the stereotype that women don't have sexual agency. Um, i.e. if they're doing it because their boyfriend slash manager wants them to because they just need the money or because they don't know any better it also applies to women of color and trans women and the idea is particularly difficult for me to hear when it comes from anti-porn women six what do you do today i started my period seven what would you rather have done today a hot tub sounds pretty appealing right now so do margaritas eight if you could do a movie with anyone living or brought back from the dead, what would it be? If you would have asked this a year ago, I would have said Belladonna as if it were something that can only happen in a miraculous 20 questions kind of way. However, I recently met her and it looks like my dream might come true. So I still answer Belladonna all the way, baby. Nine, who's your favorite adult performer? Belladonna and a bunch, half the letters of people. I loved working with Sid Blackovich in Dallas, both real life lovers in parentheses, and Dylan Ryan, Lorelei Lee, Trouble Royale, Madison Young, Will Thrushwell, and Pappy Cox. I also love Sasha Gray, Kimberly Kane, and Princess Donna. And recently, I had the pleasure of working side by side with Mark Davis, and his choking style is amazing. 10, you've got 20 bucks left to your name. What would you do with it? I want to say something smart and strategic, but I probably freak out and spend it on something frivolous in the process. In this economy, knock on wood. Eleven, if you were president, what's the first thing you change? Mandatory classes on gender theory and sex ed in high school. 
and ethnic studies requirements for college, especially for people in business and marketing fields. 12, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? I introduced myself to someone I had already slept with. I know. 13, what's your favorite project you've worked on? Super Freak was pretty fun. I got to get girled up for it. And playing with the kitchen sink was a blast. 14, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? A freeze ray that stops time. I crave more time in my life. 15, meat or veggie, both. 16, what is your favorite book? At the moment, my favorite book is Opening Up, Creating and Sustaining Open Relationships by Tristan Tyromeno. I even bought six copies, one for myself and for my lovers and friends. 17, what is your biggest pet peeve? When people write in all caps with bad spelling, Oh, dear God, make it stop. 18, what is your best piece of sex advice for women? I don't have advice that is specific to women. Advice for all people would be to take some classes and read some books. Sex education is lifelong. 19, what is your favorite adult movie? Champion, Love Hurts. I particularly love to watch Sean and Dallas the scene because I know what it's like to be intimate with both of them, both to feel them experiencing them touching me. Being able to watch both angles and perspective turns me on like no other. I love watching my lovers in porn. That's day 20. Tell me one thing you've never told anyone else. Sometimes I throw used condoms in the recycling bin because I'm lazy. But then I worry someone has to pick them out when they sort the materials and that makes me feel really guilty. I'm sorry, I was just... I was holding in my laughter the entire time. Porn stars are stand-up comedians. <laughs> and at the same time, porn stars are professorial. I think that is a multi-talented combination. Mm. Oh, I did find the gender pronoun. H-I-R, her. That's what she said about herself. Okay. Um, I've never seen this person. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Jizz and Lee's work. I haven't seen this other person's work. 20 questions with trans porn newbie Betty Black, October 11, 2017. Holly Kingstown. Betty is a beauty. BBW trans porn performer Betty Black is new to porn and has a very own star showcase out from Michelle Austin Films, Betty Does Texas. It's directed by Michelle Austin and Tyler St. Sin and it's all about Black coming to her porn on her own. Check it out. What were you like back in high school? What did you hang out with slash date? I was mostly a punk, a stoner, and a computer nerd. I played guitar in a local punk band. So I hung out with the two other punks in my school and the stoner kids drinking 40s before shows and smoking a lot of brick weed. When I wasn't doing that, I was in my room learning, networking, or coding HTML. Were you a porn fan before I got into the industry? Who were your favorite porn stars last favorite porn movies? Oh, most definitely. My parents used to rent pornos from the video store and dub them so whenever they were gone, 
I would always sneak those and watch them. It was an interesting mix of 1980s and 1990s porn. This was before internet porn, of course, but I've always been a fan. My fave porn stars would be Michelle Austin, Kate Bailey, Hazel Tucker, Christian Triple X, Nicole Charming, Kimber James, Kelly Michaels, and Cynthia Moreno. How did you become a porn performer? What led you down that career path? I started camming last year, really just for fun. I quickly gained lots of followers between that and Twitter. I took a break for a while and really thought about whether I wanted to do this or not. It wasn't until I saw a video with Christian Triple X and Michelle Austin that I finally decided to take the plunge and go all the way. Seeing Michelle really inspired me. Really, seeing Michelle really inspired me. So I applied with Groupie and Steven there. Literally responded within four hours, and I was booked two days later to shoot with Buddy Wood for TS Casting Couch and them out. What slash who do you want to do on camera that you haven't done yet? Well, okay, what slash who do you want to do on camera that you haven't done yet? I really want to do a hardcore scene with a cis guy. I absolutely love it to be Kay Bailey or Christian Triple X. Who is your who is your performer to work with? Who is your performer to work with so far and why? Oh, definitely Eddie Wood. He's such a pleasure to work with. He's so much fun and he's so cute. He seems to really love your fans and responds to them a lot on Twitter. Tell me how having this fan base has changed your life. I do. My fans are awesome. Social media is so important these days. I love interacting with people. I've met some really great people on this journey. What do you enjoy most about working for Michelle Austin Films? I get to work with Michelle Austin and the entire Kingston family. How many people get to work directly with the person who influenced their work? What fetishes do you have that you think that your fans will be surprised by? I'm a submissive. I love to be dominated. I'm also an exhibitionist. I love having sex in public places. This year, I was lucky enough to have sex on the deck of a cruise ship at 3 in the morning. It was super hot. What career goals do you have for yourself? I like to perform for as long as I can, then I would like to move into a production role, either directing or shooting camera. I'm a photographer and I shot most of my early content myself with tripods, monitors, and remotes. What do you think that people get wrong the most in how they make love to someone? People rush way too much, especially guys. Guys, slow down and enjoy the moment. What are your must-own DVDs that you think your fans should see? Well, Betty Does Texas be at the top of list. Ha, 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 ha. Transcess is really good, as is Fifty Shades of a Tranny. They actually spell transcess. T-R-A-N-S-C-E-S-T. Who are your role models? Who are your role models in porn how slash why did they inspire you? As I mentioned above, Michelle Austin for sure. I had never even thought of doing porn until I saw Michelle's work. She was the first voluptuous T-woman model I ever saw, and she was doing a scene with my, at the time, porn star crush, Christian Triple X. What about your career in porn makes you the happiest, knowing that people across the world are getting off to me? What is the best mainstream movie you have seen recently? Oh my God, it was so good in capital letters, two exclamation points. As a fan of the original movie and Stephen King, I enjoyed it so much. How about the best porno movie? Is there someone whose movies you like to watch who is working right now? Well, I've always been a fan of Christian Triple X. I would 
still love to work with him one day. I discovered Kay Bailey last year, and he is my new porn star crush. Are you into toys to get yourself off alone, or are you low tech? My day job is within my day job is with a mainstream porn company, so I have a lot of toys. My go-to is my NS novelties Go Go. Tiny, quiet, gets the job done every time. I'm also in love with my NS novelties Luke's compact vibe, super powerful. If you could fuck any celebrity, who would it be? I have two: Jason Momoa, the new Aquaman, and Ryan Hurst. Opie from Sons of Arnarchy. I have very specific tastes. Ha ha ha. I love big bearded guys. What is coming up for you? Right now I'm focused on building content for my website. I just shot two scenes yesterday with director Royal Blunt and I shot another one last Sunday. That went up today with director my BFF 50 Lawson. Is there anything you want to say to your fans here at Fleshbutt? Thank you for the kind words and support. I can do any of this without you all out there um i'm just entertained with just understanding that people are awesome when i say entertained not in a bad way but i'm really edutained what i'm learning is entertaining you know, about how I love that people can be beautifully honest and beautifully secure in themselves and just vibrant in their true identities. That's all I have to say. I think me be Betty Black is a cool, decent person. Okay. <laughs>